Thank you for joining us after our little hiatus. I'm joined again by Orad and RG, as always, so let's get right to it. Well, well, well. It's been over a month. It's a lot of shit to cover. Oh, are we starting now? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Uh, let's see, do we want to go with recaps first? Because that's a lot. Or do we want to go with the news first? Let's get the recaps out of the way. Ooh. Yeah, I like recaps. Alright, let's do it. Let's see, since we last convened July 30th in Brooklyn, we had a big, big card from PBC. Uh, this one had a little bit of question marks attached to it. Uh, let's let's start with the first question mark. Uh, Gary Antoine Russell gets the stoppage over Rancis Bartholomew in the sixth. Um, it was a questionable stoppage, yes, but th- we have to give it more nuance. Let's start, RG. Tell me what you got. Uh, I mean, I think people are just kind of pissed. Like anytime Antoine gets a knockout at this point, because uh, it's been like two in a row, they were pretty sus. I don't really know why this one pissed people off. Like, usually people are very happy for a Bartholomew fight to end early. That's usually a cause for celebration. So it was pretty fucking Twilight Zone to see everybody, like, protesting for more Bartholomew. It's like, I don't know. I think people just had really low expectations. And after he landed a couple right hands, they're like, oh shit, this this fight can go either way. And then he gets clipped and, you know, the dream kind of dies. But, you know, with the sus stoppage, you just going to argue about it. I think it doesn't really matter. The fight was over. It wasn't, I didn't think it was that competitive anyway, to be honest, like up to the stoppage. Like he got hit. He's definitely not a defensive uh, standout, but I don't know. It, it was what it was. Alright, do you agree with that? I think we kind of debated on this uh, when the card was going down because I didn't kind of like the way Russell was eating the shots. Like, yeah, he's not really a defensive guy, but he was kind of... It seemed like he was kind of getting buzzed by some of the shots, so that's why I was like, is this someone that's getting hurt by Arantis right now? But as far as the stoppage goes, like, I really didn't think it was that bad. As Like, everyone was making it seem, everyone was making it seem like it was uh, Chavez Sr. kind of stoppage, but nah, I thought Arantis kind of looked like his legs were still just wobbly, so I, I really didn't mind that stoppage. If yeah. you want to pitch this Antoine stoppage. Bitch about the Postal stoppage. That one was way worse. Way yeah, more. I think the Postal. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Postal stoppage was worse for sure. At the end of the round, and like he never hit the deck. Like that's one to complain about. Halfway through the fight, yeah. when he gets his legs taken, I don't like fine. It was kind of like a UKO. Like that's some shit you'd see in the UK. Like I don't, I don't love to see that. You know, <laughs> cross over. <UKO. laughs> it is what it is. I don't. Yeah, I don't dis- necessarily disagree that the fight was going to be stopped. Uh, I don't, in that moment, maybe not, but the, we were headed down that road anyway. I'm not, yeah, the postal stoppage was more egregious, for sure. Yeah, that one actually seemed like they're just trying to keep that KO record like clean, so they just looked for any moment in the last bit to stop it, something like that, I don't know. Okay, let's move it quickly to... Konaki gets beat by Demirizin. 
Is this the end of the babyface assassin, or I'd kick it off? <clears throat> it should be the end, but it seems like he's still trying to go off of one victory. But yeah, that, that was just bad, dude. Dude was in it for maybe, want to say, ninety seconds. And after that, just went out the window. He just kept getting pummeled the whole night. Dude needs to call it. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely never gonna headline again. If that's if that's the question, that's for sure off the table. Like, that's just not really befitting of like where he is. But I mean, he'll he'll end up on some undercards again, for sure. Yeah, he might end up fighting. I don't know, Frank Sanchez or somebody, just whoever. I don't know, whatever value they can get out of him. But yeah, I mean. Any hope that he might have been like okay is, is for sure gone. I think it's been gone for a while. Yeah, I, I think he still has, I suppose, some uh, Brooklyn value. I know he's really popular in Brooklyn with the Polish community there. This guy's not going to be headlighting any cards. If he does this again, if he shows out like this again, he's probably going to end up on the untelevised portion. At they some need point. to back in. They need they need to run back Konatsky and Martin. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me you were wrong. <laughs> that Martin, Martin would probably knock the fuck out of him. I ain't gonna lie to you. That might be the fight to make right now. For both of those guys. Say, my thing is, he says he wants to leave on a victory, but he's losing to guys that are like a C, C minus level. So like, I'm not even sure who you could put him in there with that will draw yeah. interest, will and will let him get a victory. If he just wants to retire, I guess they can just give him some nobody to knock over. But I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he'll if, if he'll retire. I'm not sure what the backup plan is. Like, see if I can, you know. Like, well, what else does he do? I don't know. Is that like feasible? I hope so. I mean, shit. I, you know, he doesn't have long life regardless. I mean, it doesn't exactly look like a long career ahead. You know, at heavyweight. The heavyweight. He's what 33. Yeah, he's in his 30s. Like that, yeah. And he, his, the way that he fights, it doesn't add to the longevity of his career. Uh, so it doesn't look like the prospects are looking very good for him. Maybe start training, be a <laughs> own a gym or something. I don't know. Uh, let's run through the untelevised portion really, really quick and get to the main event. Um, Derevianchenko gets the unanimous decision over who gives a shit. Uh, Vito Melnicki gets a stoppage in six, and Julian Williams, J-Rock, did not get an opponent for the card, so he did not fight that night. Anything worth mentioning about those three? Nah. Yeah, didn't think so. I'm just surprised Derek Shinko is still keeping it. I'm not sure what the plan is, to be honest, but, you uh, know, he got it wrong. It's good, it's good to see. Uh, Konaki, you should probably follow this blueprint. Only yeah. thing I have to mention is uh, Vito, Joey Spencer, and Brian Carl are the, pretty much the same dude. <laughs> uh, Vito and uh, Joey Spencer, they do fight on the same card a lot. Hey, that's, that's the PBCs. That's their token white boys. They gotta, they gotta throw them together every time. Uh, Joey and Vito, bro. Uh, hot boy summer? Bro, bro, remember they had a white Christmas? They had Joey and Vito fight on the same <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. That was wild as fuck from PBC. That was a good time, though. <laughs> okay, main event for Barclay Center. Danny Garcia beats Jose Benavidez. They are both debuting at 154. Uh, just my first take on it. Danny looked good, but, I mean, Benavidez isn't exactly a great opponent. I'm going to have to cut this part out. I'm still coming down on...
Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I just thought that fight was boring as fuck, honestly. Yeah, Benavides was doing all that taunting and like, but not doing anything. And Danny didn't push. Oh, he, he didn't push the envelope. I thought the Crawford fight was so fucking boring. It's like he was—he would buy most of the shots, but he like wouldn't throw back. So you're just watching a guy like land it, you know, just on a guard most of the time and just win <laughs> by the fault. Not really fun to watch. Yeah, well, I was gonna say it's basically like being in the gym and the coach saying one guy can hit, the other one just practice defense. That's pretty much how I saw it. Just Jose was just taunting, blocking, throwing one punch back. Repeat of 12 rounds of that, but I thought Danny looked good, regardless. What uh, is with, like, Jose Benavidez cards, or fights, just being scored wild as fuck? No, like, his last fight, he threw, like, a draw, and, like, it probably out of it. He probably should have lost that one. And then he gets, like, a draw card in a fight where he loses, like, every round. Like, it's just like, what is going on? Like, what about, maybe the head shakes work. I really know I did. Um, is so Tony Harrison was in attendance and uh, he was chatting shit on the sidelines. Former champion, never forget. So uh, Charlo's at home, never forget. <laughs> Does Danny hang at 54 with, I guess, now a resurged contender like Tony Harrison? Yeah, that'd be a good fight. That, that could happen. That happened and went up way farther after I saw Fandora Ocampo because that fight is so random. <laughs> like, it seems to me they're like, all right, we have Tony for something else. You know, Lubin, you just beat the shit out of. Everyone else is kind of tied up, so we'll just give you a, you know, holdover. But I think Tony, you know, he, he might get the Danny fight. That could actually happen. How would that do in uh, Philadelphia? I'm not sure how the, what's the travel time from Detroit to Philly? I don't think it's, I don't think it's very far. It would probably be in New York, though, I feel like. Yeah, I think you could hold out Barclays again, since yeah. Danny's known to sell a pretty good there. Yeah, I think that's a Barclays fight. But I went to... I actually went to a fight at Barclays one time. It was actually the fight with Tony. When Tony beat Jamel. And like I said, it was like two sections away from me. It was just all Detroit people. Just going wild as fuck for Tony like every time. It was pretty great. So, uh, truly the super bad squad will travel wherever. But Barclays seems like a, a logical, you know, a place for it. I do think Danny would win, though. I'm not going to lie. I, th I do think Danny's just a little bit tougher. I think he's a little more durable. Kind of surprised because honestly, I think uh, as long as Tony even shot his shit, I think that I'd favor him over Danny. He seems like he's coming back <laughs> on. That is where the you'd pick, uh, Danny. <laughs> I really do not think you would. But yeah, I don't know. I just think I, don't, I just think Tony would blow it. To be honest with you, I really think he would. Yeah, my thing is with Danny. Like I, I love dude. Like I've been standing him hard for like over a decade now, but. I haven't really seen anything new, and the fight with Jose really didn't show anything else new. So I'm like, I think Tony just plays it safe, boxes from the outside. He's just, I'm guessing he has like a six inch advantage. So he's, he's and he has like some short ass arms. Yeah, yeah. He definitely Yeah. Uh, I just favor Tony in that if he's not shot. Yeah, same. Like the physical advantages that Tony Harrison has are what make me lean towards him. But that's not to say that Danny's bad or anything like that. I still think, I don't know, Tony's weird, because, like, who did he fight before Perella? Who, who was that? Is that uh, Spanish dude that Fundora fought? No, that was, that was after. after of well, the fight before Perella was uh, the Jermel rematch. Oh, was it? Okay, I thought there was a fight between Charlo and Perella. No, I remember he got like injured, and then Jermel was yeah. saying that he was faking it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's, and that's when he killed Coda. 
Yeah, if I pork out. Somebody had to take that that punishment. But yeah, yeah the I one thing before that was Ishe Smith. I remember that was kind of he looked kind of crappy versus him. Yeah, yeah Ishe, kind of weird to fight. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm still just kind of weird on Tony. He looked great versus Sergio Garcia. I don't know. I just think I think Danny might might be liable again. I can see Danny looking super flat though, just kind of giving it away. The only path I see is if Tony's issues where he usually gasses around like the seventh round, and that's where he starts having more lapses and he's really prone to getting caught. Yeah. It happened with Jamel a couple of times. It happened with Hurd. Happened with yeah. Willie Nelson. Hurd was like the perfect example of like what happens when you just like don't have a gas tank. <laughs> like it really doesn't matter. Like if you're if you're more like refined or whatever, if you just can't go for twelve rounds. Jared Hurd, like at the time, he was that like Michael Myers stays on your ass kind of guy. That would gas out a lot of people. Yeah, at That's the time, cool. I always thought he fought like Margarito. Too bad Hurd fell Let's off pretty bad. quickly. Let's make two bets. Okay, one is dependent on that. Will Jared Hurd fight in 2023? And if he does, will he lose regardless of the fight? I'm going to say yes on both counts. Same. I'm, I'm going to say yes on both. <laughs> I'm going to say we'll fight one time with one of them. Say who lose. To be honest. Like, unless, I don't know, they just give him, like, a Jason Welburn, like, type guy who will just die. I don't know, bro. Losing to Luis Arias, not good. No, like, no bueno. Like, yeah, cannot be doing, not good. Cannot be doing that shit. I, I kind of feel bad for her, to be honest. Like, it just all kind of fell apart for him in, like, a year. <clears throat> like, he lost all his belts to, like, shit versus J-Rock. And then, like, his dad died, and now he's, like, just irrelevant. Like, he's gained all this weight. He did well for hey. himself in his career, but... It's just sad. He's living that real estate life, though, so he's yeah, got that going on. Yeah, and I think he has, like, trucking and shit. I'm sure he's still making money, but just from, like, a boxing fan perspective, it's like shit. God, never really I remember he posted, like, a story on Instagram that he was back in the gym, and he was going to be back at the end of the year, I think he said, but he didn't look as blown up as he usually does, because I remember, like, he could tell right away where his cheeks are just massive. In the Arias fight, wasn't that on, like, the Mayweather-Paul undercard? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, his career is just bizarre. Well, he's got that passive income now, so hopefully he'll be all right. But I think he's also part of the reason he's like, man, fuck boxing. Yeah, like, why why, <laughs> why, why do I bother getting my face caved in when I can just... He's already got the belts, like, what What else, What you know, what, what's the reason? Like, I don't, I don't necessarily need the money, like, but I think he will be back probably next year. Okay, let's uh, let's do a quick three piece that was also on July thirtieth um, in Newcastle in the UK. Josh Kelly, uh, UDs, who gives a shit? Uh, Isaac Chamberlain know. drops the ball to Chris Billum, and in Japan, Tomoki Kameda gets the stoppage in four. Now, August sixth in Fort Worth, Texas, Virgil Ortiz stops McKinson late round nine. Uh, let's start. RG, how do you rate this? I kind of thought it was a disappointing, you know, performance from Virgil. It was kind of, it was very reminiscent of the Maurice Hooker fight, in my opinion. Which, to be fair, I think that's part, partly because he really didn't respect Hooker or McKinson's power. So he was kind of just like, fuck it, like, I'm gonna knock these dudes out, like, one way or another, so I'll just brute force it. But yeah, he just looked a lot more, like, sloppy to me. McKinson didn't really do anything. I think I'm pretty sure I didn't give him any rounds. It's been a while since I watched it, but I don't think it was, you know, competitive really at any point. But it was still just 
I don't know. Not as clean as you would want from, from Virgil. You know, hopefully he he might just be a guy that, you know, rises to the occasion a little bit. Because he did look he looked very good versus me and Michigan. That was by far his best performance. So maybe if he gets another hard fight, we'll see more of that. But you yeah, know to the level of the opponent. Yeah, like I think, you know, it's it's too early to really give him that moniker, but ho- hopefully it's a case of that. Aura, what do you think? I agree with that. It just it was supposed to be like a showcase fight from what I saw, but he kind of really didn't look anything special. He got the stoppage, but yeah, like I thought it was just very underwhelming. And kind of like how he mentioned that maybe it's because of the level of opponent. He just kind of doesn't get up for those kind of fights. Because I did think he'd look good against Mean Machine, and that was seen as his toughest fight. So to come back down to a guy versus McKinson. I thought maybe it was just like, eh, kind of phoned it in. Did what he had to do and got out of there. I was hoping he would get it done a little quicker. For that reason, it was like, why why are you putting me in with these guys? This is what happens to them. And then stops them in like two. It also wasn't really like a highlight. Like, he's just broken down with body shots. And like, after like the 30th body shot, he's like, all right, I can't take the shit. <laughs> like, it wasn't like, one, it wasn't like you know, some one-hitter, like crazy knockout. Oh, so in a little bit of a parallel, the following week, uh, Teofimo Lopez stops Pedro Campa in seven. Orad, let's kick it off with you first on this one. He looked decent. Like, again, it wasn't anything really special, but he he looked better at that weight. Like, he looked more filled out. Yeah, I really have nothing on that fight. Like, I watched it, but didn't really come out with any differing opinion whether thinking that he looks better, he looks back. Or he looks awful still. I think he just needs a new trainer. That's that's my main takeaway from that. RG, what do you got? Yeah, I think he looked. Uh, I think he was a little slow, to be honest with you. It wasn't really like the crazy, like you know, explosive TFMO you saw at 135. But maybe that was just because of the layoff, and he's not really used to the weight. You know, we'll just have to see. But I, I'm just really curious to see who's, who his opponent will be. Because it's already scheduled in December 10th MSG. Like, that's just for sure. Like, it's on box rec. Like, you know, everything's lined up. And it won't be Barboza. I'm pretty sure that's confirmed. So it's like, like, what are the options at this point? Like, <laughs> if it's, what, do they not feel confident with taking Barboza? Because that... I think it's TFU specifically said, like, he wants something bigger than Barboza. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if that's him secretly being like, oh, I don't think he's scared of Barboza. I think he would probably knock out Barboza, honestly. But... I don't know. I'm not really sure what's bigger though. That's like available. Like, I'm, Taylor's obviously tied up. Like, Ramirez is tied up with his wedding or whatever. Like, Cepeda and Progre are fighting. Like, who, who's he gonna fight? Because he really has to have a whole career reset. It's like, okay, the last like two years did not happen. Like, sure, it just did not happen. Like, we just have to hit the ground running and like build this shit back up. He's number number one with the WBO, but the second guy there, like, I never even heard of him, Liam Bottle. Nope. Yeah, no idea I, who that is. I've heard of like passing before, but yeah. And it's kind of because the WBO just ordered their mandatory. Catterall, he, he was WBO mandatory. So I hope that's probably kind of a waiting list on that, you know. Because he's also ranked highly with the WBC, but all those guys in front of him are pretty much already fighting. Cepeda, Progre, and then Antoine Russell fight ain't going to happen. Jose Ramirez is ahead of him. Yeah, the WBC's tied up because Zapata and Progre will fight, and then the winner has to fight Ramirez. That's two fights, dude. Just like, you know, you can't really. 
I mean, I guess they probably could make a deal with Ramirez or something, but I don't, I don't know why they would do that. Fight Ramirez to take his quote unquote mandatory slot. Yeah, I get, but I think it would just make more sense to, like, okay, let's just be honest. Progress is probably going to beat Zepeda, and then if Ramirez beats, like, if Top Rank, you know, obviously hopes Ramirez beats uh, Progress, then he would be champion, and then you'd have Tio Fimo fight for belt. You know, that would be more advantageous for them. I don't remember anything on this undercard. Or the Virgil. Wait, Maurice Hooker looked like shit. There was that. Like, dude, it's like, I just wish I could never hear about Blair Cops again. Like, I just don't care. Like, I, I don't dislike him, but, like, I just don't care. Like, it's not funny to me. It's not entertaining. He's obviously not good. So, like, what, what's the what's the angle? Like, why do, I, why do I need to care? He got fucking smoked by Alexis Russia. Wasn't even mildly close. He's doing the prelims, bro. Let's move ahead to August 20th, last week. Oh, let's start in San Diego because nobody's going to care about that. Navarrete losing until he won against Eduardo Baez for the WBO featherweight. That's just my observation. Baez was, he was giving him the beans until he got stopped. I'm going to keep it a buck. I didn't watch this fight. I'm just getting a little bored in Navarrete, to be honest. Like, he's a good fighter. He tends to like, do damage, but some of these fights, I'm just Okay. Look at that. The only fight I've cared about from Navarrete since Dog Bay is Via. Ruben Via. Like that, you know, that was kind of an interesting fight. All the rest, don't care. Hopefully, he fights Valdez or something. I actually tuned into this card for a little bit. I pretty much just deemed it the body shot card. Yeah. Every fight that was worth watching ended in the body shot, which was pretty good. And yeah, Navarrete. Again, he didn't look like anything special. He's kind of got that uh, Santa Cruz kind of thing where. He's just, just throwing, but is it really doing much? Yeah, it, it was a nice stoppage, Jola, or body shot. Like, a, I'm always a fan of body shot KOs. Those are pretty cool. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, Muhammad Ali's grandson, his name is Nico. He was fighting on this card, and he got a body shot stoppage. Just uh, <laughs> a little fun fact that you guys might not have known about. You think they would mention that in the broadcast? Yeah, yeah. right. Like you have Muhammad Ali's motherfucking grandson. You should tell people about this. Just the funniest shit. part about this fight was uh, the opponent was like some random journeyman, but it was like a rematch already. Yeah, yeah I think he made it look bad or something. I'm like, how are you six fights in and already fighting the same guy? Like it's 1960 again. Look out here looking like Robisi Ramirez, bro. <laughs> Oh, do we want to go to Florida for the Showtime card, or do we want to go to Saudi Arabia? Let's do Florida. Florida. Yeah. All right, cool. Now this one is this one kind of hurt, but it also made me a little proud. Brandon Lee gets the win over Will Madera, but holy shit, he got rocked. That was yeah. fucking bad. It was kind of a. It kind of gave me the vibes of like when Ryan Garcia got dropped. Honestly, because it's like maybe he looked a little more hurt than Ryan, like in his legs, but it's more that he just fell in such a dramatic way that you're like, holy shit, he's done. <laughs> you know, like just the way he, his body hits the floor, you're like, oh my God. But he got up and recovered like pretty quick. You know, I think it was I, not fair to call it a flash knockdown, but it was kind of a freak accident. Uh, he got caught out of position. Uh, he got clipped hard. Flash ish, but there was also some substance to it. Well, right. he's my guy, so. Yeah, I know this is your guy. That's why I wanted to let you uh, let you come in last and put the <laughs> put the green flags on it. Because I'm actually disappointed. I missed the first two rounds, so when I got there, my brother's like, 
your boy already got dropped. And I was like, what do you mean? And yeah, I saw the replay and like, yeah, he like fell on his knee and then he couldn't like put his hands out. So he just fell like face first into the canvas. Just from what it looked like, he recovered pretty quickly and just went back to pretty much winning every round. Didn't really look hurt or didn't really struggle any more of the rest of the fight. So I thought it was a good performance nonetheless. Uh, if you excuse the knockdown. With the knockdown thing, you know? Like, I think he really is just like, I just need to knock all these motherfuckers out. Like, bro, just relax. You know what I mean? Like, he hits hard enough naturally that they can just kind of come. I feel like he chases them a lot of the time. Trying to make a name for himself my, a little bit. My issue really is uh, all these boxers with their dads as trainers. Like, <laughs> so some of them usually reach a level where, like, I think that's their peak where, where they're going to get with their dad as a trainer. And at that point, I feel like they just need to add someone new or add someone with more actual experience into the gym to kind of take them past that next level so they don't peak too early. So I just feel like Brandon Lee's reached the performance level that he's going to reach with his dad, and that's as best as it's going to get. So I feel like he needs one more person in that corner with like more veteran experience. Just to give it, a, I guess, a little capstone, the the knockdown was legit. It was really good from Madeira. Brandon Lee got up, and he did what was necessary. He shelled up for a bit to get his legs back, and then, like Orod said, he went back to winning the rounds and ended up winning the fight. I'm not sure if that was just, like, his own instinct or, like, that's that's his dad whispering in his ear, but that that was a good plan. They made it work. But you know who didn't make it work? Omar Figueroa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's probably the most brutal fight replacement, like, of all time. Yeah, like, lipping it stays yeah. ready. Yeah, like, that's just vicious. Like, to think you're going from Broner, who, like, Figueroa probably wouldn't be. It's hard to believe he was trying to bring him. To then get put in against Lippinets, who's, like, in shape, like, hits hard as fuck, like, roughly in his prime. Like, it, it, you had to kind of feel for Omar. He definitely got his ass with him. Yeah, he got thrown to the wolves there, thanks to Broner. Broner pulling out anyway. You need to understand why he was so pissed. <laughs> like why he just when he was like, "Dude, you're fucking serious? Like I have to fight this guy now?" Yeah, that, that was pretty hilarious. Like it just went from a very winnable fight to I'm just gonna get my ass kicked. Like I don't know what the odds were, but dude, they should have been like plus a fucking two million because there was like no way figure I was gonna. I'm actually surprised his dad stopped it just because. I'm glad. Uh, he did. Versus, versus Ugas, it just let it, just seemed like he let him continue to get his ass kicked all 12 rounds. All the difficulties that they've been having over the years, over the la- recent years, gave him some perspective. I just said, I'm done with Omar. <laughs> Omira, get in here. She's the next heir. Yeah, I do, I do feel bad for Omar. Yeah. Definitely a fall from grace. Definitely got people used to be a little higher on them, but yeah, boxing is a tough fucking sport. You can pop and quit. Yeah, that was a wild, like quick rise and then a even quicker fall for Brent, or Omar. That's what you have to respect someone like Garcia. Like Danny Garcia has been at the world level for like two That's fucking crazy. Yeah, like, he has you won every fight, obviously not, but he's still been around that level. He's never just been like, ah, uh, like he's on the undercard, like he. It's like that's never been a reality for something. Yeah, for sure. Our upset of the mid-year, Hector Garcia, claims the super title from uh, Roger Gutierrez. It looked like a pretty clean 
clean ass kicking. Roger buzzed him a few times, maybe got some good shots in, but he wasn't really in it. Hector looks like the real deal. Hector, yeah, won the first like eight, nine rounds, I, I want to say, before he kind of just kind of started getting lots of days to go or whatever. Yeah, it was coasting. And Roger started landing some, some shots, but yeah, I thought he looked pretty good. Like he's come, uh, kind of come out of nowhere, I and mean, then he's been performing pretty well. Yeah, there's that tweet. I think Spence put it best. Like Colbert thought it was sweet. <laughs> like Garcia can fight, bro. He, he's he's dangerous. No, it's kind of tough because at 130, so like you got Shakur. So yeah, obviously. I don't rate him that, over Shakur, but I think yeah, Hector could that, give him a good fight. I mean, assuming that Shakur will be at 135 within like 12 months or less, which is pretty likely. I mean, Garcia might be the best at, at 130. I'm not sure who else is even really in the running. Cordina? Yeah, Cordina. Yeah, 130's been weak for the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's definitely a weird division. I mean, it's just kind of like a strange middle ground division like there were some bigger fighters 126 bigger fighters 135 130 is just kind of just kind of dead yeah it's a go between like 140 yeah yeah basically that speaking of 140 um i honestly don't remember much about this one uh Pueyo gets the win over akhmadov somebody yeah, I feel like people thought it was a little controversial i i felt like it was a close one right uh, yeah it was pretty close i can't remember what i scored it i think i might uh Actually had like a draw. But, yes, I think yeah. I gave Poyo. To be honest, I thought Poyo was a little more effective with his work. You know, it wasn't like a super clean fight. Like Akhmedov landed a ton of body shots. Poyo landed a lot of jabs and shit. Used his reach. He's a weird build. I'd actually never seen him before Poyo, so I really didn't know what to expect. So maybe I was just kind of caught off guard and like more easily impressed. But, yeah, I, th- I thought he won it. I'm not really sure where he fits in at 140, but you know. Shout out to the DR. Got two champions in the same night. You know, more than Cuba and Puerto Rico combined. So, so. <laughs> I was about to mention that. <laughs> more votes than is, uh, is the DR passing Puerto Rico now as far as, like, boxing talent? Hey, you I got that, Ian? Like, a legend question. Ian, are you listening? DR over PR? You hear that? Oh, for sure. <laughs> over, probably over Cuba, too. Cuba will overtake him the next couple of years because they have guys like Morel or whoever, but... As of right now, DR rules the Caribbean. I don't really mention Cuba just because like a lot of their guys are pretty much like a video game where it's locks characters, so yeah, their best players aren't even there. It's harder to estimate for sure. That'll wrap it up for Florida. Now we go to the desert of the strange, where Badu Jack, um, yes, over Popeye Rivera with that four-minute round. I think that was the eighth. That got an extra minute. That was something. I didn't see Badu Jack win that fight at all. I have no words. I don't know what happened here. Rivera got jobbed. Didn't give enough spinach to the judges, I guess. I didn't watch that one either. I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, same here. I kind of I, I heard about the controversy, but I, I didn't watch it. It was way too early for me. All right, Badu. He's a little boring to me at this point. It's like. How's this guy not retired? Like, to me, he's basically retired. These these fights are all jokes. I'm actually surprised that he he was on the right side of a robbery for once. <laughs> Thanks. I'm sure that hey. was on his mind. The world works in a mysterious way. Did you guys not catch uh, Callum Smith? I did watch that. I did watch uh, that. Butterlick. Butterlick. The Callum Smith curse. If Callum Smith wins on the fucking AJ undercard. 
put everything you own wherever the fuck AJ's spot. He's 0-3. That is significant, okay? If it happens once, doesn't matter. If twice, we're three times, it's fucking cursed. Callum Smith oh. has cursed AJ. Callum Smith, honestly, one of the best uh, KO highlights of like any British fighter, to be honest. But that dude can hit. So yeah, when he's not boring, he has like some of the best KOs from the UK guys. Let's just be honest, UK white guys, you're like right, 15% KO ratio. Smith can crack. Like, Smith can leave them boys on the floor. Like, so that, that's pretty impressive. He should, I mean, he's big as fuck, so it's really not that surprising. And this guy was French. There's that. Yeah, it was kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, plus, you know, plus everything for everything. Squashing a frog doesn't seem to be a very difficult thing. Ask Buckley. Yeah, I would like to see him fight Watsy. That, that's my wish. Smith, Watsy, make it happen. That, that's a British fight I want to see. I didn't think I'd ever hear those words in the same yeah, sentence. They, they're few and far between. So far, they're not fucking. They're making weird fights like Wasi and Bavol. Like, wow, what a great fight. I wonder what'll happen. Like, dude, just match these guys together. Jesus. You got like six British light heavyweights, like, none of them fight each other. We have to see them fight these Russians. We're going to beat the shit out of them. Like, why? why? They're, just, they're just like hoping that somebody flukes their way into the win. I hope Yard does it, though. I, I do appreciate it when they do it with Yard. Orod, anything to say? Uh, eulogy for the French? Yeah, he was from the south of France, so I really don't pay attention to those guys. <laughs> like the Italian French. Hey, hey anyone watched Spider League before? I've never even heard of him, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've never heard of the two in my life. He was just some, um, you know, WBA ranked, you know, whatever. Oh. It was just someone that they picked up on the way to Saudi Arabia, I guess. Probably, on the layover. But, like, someone that they are trying to make you hear of. Hergovic versus Jang. Hergovic gets the win. Question mark. I kind of like half watched. I didn't score it, so apparently it was you know I really couldn't get a huge feel on it. It was just kind of awkward. And I know there's a lot of controversy with scoring, and some people think it should have been a draw or Zhang should have won and everything fuck. But I don't know. I think it just shows they both suck. Like it just sucks. Like pretty much. Hergovic not sleeping this guy. It's just like very bad look in my opinion. He's like old. He's like body shutting down. Like, how, how can you not just catch this guy with like a right hand and put him away? I don't understand. Guy has like kidney failure and everything. He's still gonna get stopped. Yeah, I was just, I was like, dude, even if Hargovich like just looks sloppy and shitty like usual, there's just no way Zang will go twelve. There's just no way, no way he goes thirty-six minutes. God willing, he fucking did it. Yeah, I kind of had it on the background, but I was reading more of the comments of the fight going, but. Yeah, it just seemed like Zhang, uh, it, it, what, by the, the comments, it just seemed like he was winning, like, so I was kind of confused when they said that it went the other way. That was how I was seeing it, was that... I don't know if people were meeting or... I wasn't. Or what, that's why. Yeah, I think it was close to... I think most people had, like, 7-5 Hargovich, like, sort of thing. It was close. All sure. really tells me is that the next crop of heavyweights is pretty damn shit right now. Yeah, it makes me think uh, Hergovich might just be Joshua Food, to be honest with you. He's, he's at the IBF, I think he's like, you know, basically mandatory. Alright, uh, speaking of shit heavyweights, Ushik beats AJ again. <laughs> I thought it looked like a better performance. He managed distance a lot better. Uh, he worked the body better. AJ did better too. Still, obviously not good enough. Uh, what did you guys see? Alright, what do you got? saw pretty much the same way as you, like Usyk looked the same or even better. AJ looked good for like the first four rounds and then 
the game plan kind of just went out the window. It just seemed like he couldn't keep up with like the feints, all the movement for that long without gassing. And yeah, he eventually got like a second win when he had the uh, ninth round where he had him pretty badly hurt. But yeah, yeah. After that, it just seemed like he spent himself like so bad that he just kind of lost all the championship rounds following after that. RG, I want to get your thoughts on Robert Garcia, what he's been saying in the media, that uh, AJ was mentally defeated going into the to the latter rounds. Ushik was more mentally fit. AJ was tired. He was trying to motivate him, but it wasn't working, and he basically beat himself. What do you think about that? I think Robert Garcia is not going to return to Anthony Joshua's camp. That is my, <laughs> that's my first take. To say the least. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's uh... It's a little weird. I think they probably butted heads in camp at some point for these comments to come out so quickly. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just the, I think it's just, it was kind of a culture clash, you know. Josh was worth cracking for 10 years or something, like, since he was on the Olympics. I think they definitely had a relationship that was built on, like, praise. You know, like, oh, you're doing this really well, you're really, you're getting good at this, like, no, 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 no. And I don't think that's what Robert was there to do. He's like, this is a grown fucking man. He <laughs> was, like, bringing me in to help him win a difficult fight. Yeah, you're a world just, you're a world champion. I'm yeah, a world like think, champion trainer. Yeah, and I think this just kind of a U.S. coach different. Like a U.S. coach was just like be honest with you. Like I think that's just the reality. And I don't know if Joshua was fully prepared for like that. Just full on like you know let's let's bring all these issues to light. You know, type of situation. I'm not I'm not really sure. Obviously, we'll never know. But yeah, I you know he probably just felt Garcia. He probably just felt that he couldn't get you know through to Joshua at a certain point like he, he would just feel like oh there's no point anymore like you know it's a loss like after round 10 I imagine Joshua was like fuck <laughs> I mean, there's, just, there's no way like at this point like, I had my best round and then he does that it's over the thing I noticed was like Robert wasn't even the guy coming into the ring with him it kind of just seemed like Robert was like the second in command behind uh, what's the other guy's name the one that he kept around Angel Fernandez Angel Fernandez, yeah, it seemed like he was the head trainer and that AJ was listening to him more than Robert, so that's probably where some of these comments are coming out now from Robert, just because he kind of feels like he was brought in to be the head trainer and he kind of just felt like a second in command. So, with that win, Fury called it the worst heavyweight fight he's ever seen in his life. They were both shit and that he would beat them both on the same night. I don't exactly agree with that, but does... Ushik have what it takes to hang with Fury. RG, what do you got? Um, yeah, I think I think so. Ushik's a little older. I think he's like two years older. He's like 35. Fury's 33 or something. But I would say Fury's legs look more gone to me. You know, like they're they're not totally gone. But like even against White, he kind of tried to mix in the, the movement, you know, back into his his style. And it just looked a little more like clunky than what you're you're used to seeing from when he's younger. And a little like wasn't turning fucking eighty pounds, so yeah, I, I think it's possible. You know the size he struggled with like Cunningham before. I think the speed. I think I think it's possible for sure. Yeah, Fury will probably be like a three to one favorite or some shit, and that's probably like kind of deserved. But just have to see. Or uh, now, given the size differences, given the performances that we've seen recently, does Ushik have a chance? And if he does, what would be his best plan? I'd go out on a limb and actually pick Usyk. Like I think that he, his style is like probably the best right now to beat Fury. Kind of like how RG said that 
like he's just looking slower and slower and having to rely less on movement. So I think that could just be a huge problem considering Usyk just made AJ look pretty silly with the constant nonstop movement. And despite what Wilder said, like Usyk has a better stamina in that, that fight too. So that, that could was help him. Stupid. I don't know why Wilder said that. <laughs> that was fucking dumb. I love Wilder, but that was a really stupid thing to say. For sure. Yeah, like, I kind of don't know where... Maybe he's just trying to seem like he watches the fight and says something random, but I think that could be a key thing for Usyk to be able to beat Fury because his legs look fresher at 35 than what Fury does at 34, 33, however old he is. Yeah, um, I definitely think that Usyk has a shot, uh, but I don't know. Like, that size differential is something. Uh, that's a very big difference, and if... If there was anything like the the Vlad Klitschko style of like one two, then like lay on top of your guy, good stamina notwithstanding, I don't know how much Usyk would be able to handle that with a 350 pound dude leaning on you all fight. That's a that's a big ask of anybody. He does have Bro, a I thought where AJ was doing good in this fight with the body shots, but he kind of just went away after it. Like I felt like that was actually kind of bothering Usyk a little bit. Yeah, like, he did pretty good when AJ started leaning on him during, like, the 10th and the 11th round. He was able to, like, pivot, get out of the way, reset, to kind of avoid getting leaned on, because it looked like AJ was kind of getting desperate and trying to do that tactic. So, I could see him doing the same versus Fury. All right. On the uh, outline, it's listed as the final notes, but I want to go into this one since we're kind of on the topic. Quick add-on, though. To August 26th in Serbia... RG's favorite fighter, Marat Gassia, gets a KO1 against who gives a shit. Weird fun. I just honestly hate Gassia at this point. I think he would just retire. He was a fine cruiserweight, had good fights, got some decent wins, you know, beat Ladarch, beat. Did he beat Huck? Uh, yeah, I, don't beat think, I don't think he beat Huck. Who did he beat? Oh, Lebedev. Uh, that was the fight that was pretty close. Dennis Lebedev. They got some okay wins for cruiserweight, like, you know. Got clowned on by Usyk. It is what it is. But now it's like, I mean, what are we doing? He looks like fucking Russian Tony Soprano. He fights once a year. He fights guys who have absolutely no chance. Like I just don't understand. Like he, he, like he, he clearly has no interest in signing with like a real. So it's like, are these like weird Russian like B tier promoters gonna pay like good heavyweights to fight him? Like it doesn't seem like it. Doubtful. These fights are just laundering money at this point, probably. Yeah, like this guy, like have you ever heard of this guy? His name was like something Welch. She's like forty-two. Like uh, yeah, not kind of like a minute. But it's well, I'm assuming it's Carlos, but it's spelled Carlos Welch. Who the, who the fuck knows? They probably just gave him a fake name. So we'll just make up a record. Okay, so here's the the segment I wanted to get into from what we were talking about with Ushik AJ. So with all the losses that we have seen between AJ and Wilder, is this still a good fight? Uh, RG, start first. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's still a good fight, for sure. I don't think I saw something where like the ESPN account posted like, "Do you still want to see AJ Wilder?" Like somebody quoted it was like, "This is like asking like, do you want like a million dollars, like with no strings attached." Like, is that is that something you'd be interested in? It's like, yeah, I mean, it would be it would be amazing, you know. I think most people would favor Wilder just theoretically, because here's here's one thing I wanted to say about Joshua Pusik action. To tie back in Wilder, I think what most people wanted was like a Wilder Fury three moment, you know, like from Joshua. And I don't think you really got that. Like or, a rally where he got a knockdown or, or something. 
moment of like, yeah, like nobody thinks I'm gonna win this fight. Most people don't want me to get the fight. Fuck it. Like I'm gonna do everything I can to like, make it as close as possible. I don't like you know round ninety did well, but I didn't get that like full, you know, kamikaze like mentality. It's understandable he did well. Like, you know, he, he gave a good account of himself in the ring, but it's like when when everything's lost, you gotta you gotta throw something out there. Yeah, go for broke. Yeah, fall to the wall. It's true. It's like why they're basically went into the trilogy. Like there there is one of us is getting just fucking flat like outline KO. Like that's it. Like the only way this fight is in one of us can't make the count. Well, this fight, it just kept... By round 10, you're like, all right, this is the first one. Like, I've seen this. <laughs> like, he's going to win the last three rounds. It's over. And also, I think I think a lot of people were, like, overstating how much closer it was. I scored it the exact same way as the first one, to be honest. Nine to three. But it was, like, basically the same. Like, round nine was obviously the best Joshua had in either fight. But, I mean, overall, like, I don't think he did that much better. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was wild that... Some people were having a draw, even that scorecard that they had were, it was what, yeah, 115, like, 113? Like, dude, if you spell like 7 to 5 for Josh, there was like something deeply wrong with him watching this fight. Yeah, they kept talking about like the earlier rounds, but even the earlier rounds, I didn't think, they're close, but not close enough to where you're like, yeah, I could give all those to AJ. No, none of them were that close. Jesus. 7 and to yeah, 5. I was, for I was seeing a lot of that, and I was like, yeah, I kind of had, I think I had a 116, 112, but I'm like, I could not find like a fifth round for AJ, that's, like, that's despite what everyone was saying. Again, I think it was kind of like people wanted like it to be like a Wilder Fury 3 thing, or it's like Wilder lost, and it was ultimately like that was the result, but he he gave everything possible and showed what respect for So I think they kind of wanted to be like, okay, he lost, but, you know, maybe if you score it this way, Joshua won, and that's not really the case, like it wasn't. Not really. To add, adding some like uh, meme culture to it, Wilder showed he had some dog in him. AJ didn't. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, you know, I don't want to completely shit on AJ or anything. I think he's a really good fighter. He's gotten a lot of hate, so I mean, I don't want to bandwagon that because of the post fight and all that. But you know, ooh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I don't know. That was just kind of bizarre. That was that bizarre is a good way to put it. That was something. Like, you know, ideally someone would have been walked up by. Let me let me see that mic. <laughs> hey, 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 that hey mic put those me. belts down, buddy. Put them down. Cause it was just yeah, everything about it was just strange. Like the I don't know I. He should, I I stand with him walking out. Like his first instinct to walk out was right. Yeah. But the issue he was acting like a total schizo. Like he was like holding his head and like throwing shit and stuff. So he had to go back and be like you know. So it wouldn't end on a sour note. But hip, then hip. it just went on for way too long. And it still ended on a sour note. So hip, hip. Just awkward. I don't know. It was just awkward. No three champ, champ. No three cheers for our champ. Yeah, you, champ. It, it was like a skit. Like, you literally could not write some shit like that. Like, honestly. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> that shit is just crazy. And then, like, throwing the belts out and, like, yelling at that, like, 48-year-old Ukrainian guy. Like, everything about it was just strange. Heavyweight is definitely a bizarre world right now. They had to get the only person who managed to fucking restrain Joshua was fucking Shizora. Heard him was like, bro, you better get your bum ass in that ring, bro. This man about to go wild. This man about to destroy the whole brand. Only one with comparable size to stop him. Yeah, basically. I don't know, like his just his his team dynamic is just like bizarre. Like who even are any of these people? 
And they all just kind of like disappeared. Like when he started going ape shit, like none of them were like, they were all just kind of like huddled in the corner, like waiting for him to stop. Like, is anybody like, is, is nobody over there concerned? Like, I would be so deeply concerned if my guy was over there talking about Rocky Marciano. I'm like, dude, we need to fucking get that shit. He's about to say something wild. Where was like, Robert? Dude? Yeah, Robert, dude. Robert fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> Robert saw him get that mic. Like, ah, I'm going, I'm fucking getting back to California ASAP. Thanks, you know, enjoyed my experience. It was great. Go to the duty free, and uh, I'll see you in Oxnard. <laughs> He's definitely ready to get the hell out of it. But, I, like, in, like, the things that are Ukraine, it's like, dude, what? Like, why did you feel the need to bring it? Like, above all else, I'm not mad at him. Like, I'm not a guy who's fucking disgraceful. I don't, I don't really care. Like, it was funny. Man, I'm glad it happened, <laughs> to be honest, just because it made me laugh. But, like, it wasn't your moment. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this isn't really isn't really about you like necessarily like they, they want your belts to throw like this isn't like the anthony this isn't 2018 it's not the anthony joshua show like bro it's a loss number two dude fucking just returned from ukraine like whole situation like let him fucking speak first like jesus yeah yeah i don't really get the outrage like i the comments weren't really that bad they're just kind of poorly put together yeah, like people thought so, he was dis- I never thought he was disrespectful to Usyk. He was just yelling because he was like concussed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't think he was trying to like mean mug Usyk or whatever. Yeah, you were jacking way too high and mighty on it. That's why I was like, it's not even that deep or that serious, really. But you're just seeing a guy who like is just having kind of like an emotional cry. Like it's honestly like bizarre to watch. Like clearly a guy. Like it's I don't know. Like you know, just kind of it's like, it was like a badass trip. You know. That friend who just starts like bugging, like he just starts talking about like a random shit. You just like can't correct it. Like that's what it was like to watch just on national television. It was it was kind of surreal in that way. I don't know. He, I guess he handled it kind of well. He still made it clear that like you know Usyk's the champ or whatever. He wasn't trying to make excuses necessarily. Yeah, he uh, he was just all over the place. Just went twelve hard rounds with one of the best heavyweights on the planet. And you're tired. You just got your head bopped in multiple times it's not going to be the most coherent well the only thing i had issue with was the belt thing and then the stupid hern excuse afterwards and then i seriously thought he was going to pull a mayorga when he grabbed the ukraine flag i thought he was going to like just throw it on the floor and stomp on it like mayorga did oh that would have been bad <laughs> that would have been pretty good that would have been pretty bad. just full heel like joshua he's angry <laughs> that would have been so bad oh my god <laughs> Oh, I think when Hopkins did that too versus Tito. The PR. When, whenever yeah. uh, he started like going wild, like his second, the second act of his speech, Usyk just like rushed over there and got the flag back. He's like, hey, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really want to be associated. Let me say that real quick. Okay, uh, let's let me bring it back to AJ Wilder real quick, so we can uh, get through these notes here. So we all agree it's still a good fight, still a good fight to make. Do you still want a million dollars? Fuck yeah, I do. Who has more to gain? Who has more to lose? Orat, what do you got? No, definitely Wilder. I think, like, he comes out with more from that fight. Because, like, AJ kind of... The way he's just built, been built his whole career, it's kind of like a lot of seem to hurt his stock way more than Wilder's. Because, like, Wilder's, everyone kind of... has been saying for, like, the last, what, 10 years that he's not really good. Everyone knows the only way he wins is by that knockout punch. AJ kind of had a different build where everyone was calling him elite. Like, it's pretty shocking when he loses, or was shocking. Shades of Ali. So, yeah, basically. So, like, Wilder really is in a pretty good situation right there where AJ has a lot more to lose. RG, 
if AJ loses, is a Fury fight still on the table? I mean, it's still on the table. Somebody's willing to pay for it, but if AJ loses again, there's no way Fury's taking anything less than like a 64. Let's just be honest. So if, if they're if they're willing to accept that reality, he can have. But I don't think it like hat like I'm not British, so I really don't have that much emotional attachment to the fight. I'm not like oh, like the two biggest you know, British heavyweights the last 20 years. If they have to the fight, like I don't really feel that way. I think Fury would just smoke him. <laughs> like I think that's how most people feel. So for me, I don't really care. But it, it could happen. Yeah, you know, just depends if somebody's willing to throw the money down, whether that's the Saudis or whoever. Would be a big fight, still. Even if AJ gets beat by Wilder, I, fighting Fury, I think is still an option. It just it'll lose a lot more of its luster than it already did. I kind of see that fight kind of just like how Rook versus Khan was, where even if it happens years later, it's still gonna be a big fight over there. Still gonna gain a lot of interest. If AJ beats Wilder, would he retire? Is this theoretically like after Hilarious and after Ruiz or something? Yeah. Yeah, probably. He would be nearly 40 at that point. Stupid amount of money. I think he'd probably retire at that point. I think he'd go for a rematch and then retire after that. Like, still get one last big paycheck and then just call good. Yeah, double like, digit. So he'll be, like, close to 40. The way I see it, uh, AJ, Fury, Wilder, all those fights, if they fought each other, they're, at minimum, going to be, like, two fights. Now, last night there was a card in Mexico on ESPN Knockouts. They had an interesting question on the panel that I wanted to bring up here. If Fury fights Ushe for Undisputed Heavyweight, that's going to be a pay-per-view. And Spence Crawford, we know it's going to be a pay-per-view. Which one is more successful? Whatever metric, you can define multiple metrics. Uh, Orat, go first. I guess it's biased, but pretty much I'll go with Spence Crawford. I just think that the Gates pay-per-views, all that from the American side just that brings in more money than they would like for a UK side or depends on also if Fury uh, Usyk is in Saudi Arabia so that might kind of if you see that as successful with the money that they'd get from that like site fee and everything but just generally speaking like fan pay-per-view buys gate all that I'd go with Spence Crawford RG what do you got yeah, I think I think Spence Crawford pulling more money. And that's probably true. I mean, Usyk Fury, I don't think it would do very well in America. It would do okay, probably. But you would really depend on the UK. Because it's not like fucking Ukraine is buying paper. Like, <laughs> it would have to be you know, fully carried, you know, the British market. So it just depends how much they would care about that fight. And I think Spence Crawford would draw more. Like, the, oh, the number itself might be bigger in the UK. But, like, in terms of revenue... I think Spence Crawford definitely put more. Yeah, that was that was what I took away from it too. As far as money goes, Spence Crawford's going to be better or more successful. I think as far as eyeballs, Fury Ushik is going to do is going to be more successful in that regard. It probably has more global appeal, like heavyweight championship of the world or whatever. Okay. Yeah, that, that's what. I, yeah, for sure. So I was going to say Spence Crawford is probably the biggest fight in the United States right now. Fury Ushik worldwide. All right, um, we've we're like counting. We're like T minus like five hours or something like that from the Hard Rock in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's where the big ballers go. We've got Jose Pedraza fighting Richard Comey, who is not representing Ghana. 
Oh, uh, we got Jared Anderson versus Who Gives a Shit, F.A. Ajagba versus Who Gives a Shit, and Richard Torres in his third fight, the Olympic silver medalist, who his mustache is pretty sick. Oh, uh, Rick Rude. Yeah. All right, RG, which fight do you want to start on? Uh, the only fight I honestly care even mildly about is the main event. Uh, I think Pedraza will win. I like both of them. They, they both seem like cool guys. They both have fun fights, but... I think Pedraza's, you know, he, he's more experienced at 140. I think his style will be hard for him. Orad, what do you think? No, I'm on the same boat. I think Pedraza uh, co-made only if he fight that. Really the only one that's getting my kind of interest. The other ones are going to be pretty much showcases. Also going with uh, Jose in that fight. Yeah, that's, uh, that seems to be, this is a recipe that Top Rank put together. is uh, showcases for their heavyweight stable, who are definitely not going to fight each other. And Pedraza Comey, they're solid B-sides that are going to be facing off with each other. <coughs> and uh, Comey, we're just going by their last fights. Like, Comey, Jesus, that was terrible. Yeah, I think uh, it's always kind of fun to see two, two of, like, the other guys fight each other. Because, like, one guy is clearly, like, the A-side over the other. They're both, like, just the same level. So, yeah, it'll be fun. You know, anything could happen. I don't think there's any clear expectation. Like, Comey could knock him out for all I don't, who, who knows? A dude can crack, but... And you have to favor Pedraza a little bit. It's a good crossroads fight, for sure, though. Maybe the winner fights. Maybe the winner fights, motherfucking TFMO. Who knows, bro? Comey get the rematch? After oh, shit. Pedraza, Comey, probably not. <laughs> I don't know about that, but if it's Pedraza, maybe. Shit. TFMO, Pedraza? Sounds good fight to me. Oh. Let's uh let's hit the news real quick and let's and then wrap it up. Wilder Hellenius is set for October fifteenth at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, with uh, Caleb Plant returning against Durrell as the co-main at a one sixty-eight. Rumored, uh, Subriel Matias Jeremiah Ponce for vacant IBF. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Orad, give me your first take here. Good comeback fight for Wilder. Like, seems like a good test, but not not too bad. Where he'll lose it if he's not shot. So I'm actually looking forward to it. And then Plant Durrell's whatever. I'm not too excited compared to everyone else or some other people. I'm not seeing that one being very exciting. But it'll be. I guess if you're like quote unquote a purist or whatever, maybe put your fedora on and. Tell everyone that Durrell did have that nice knockout last time, didn't he? Well, that was his last fight where he knocked out that guy pretty viciously. Yeah, he nuked some guy with the uppercut. Maybe you could do that, Plant. Hopefully, I think I do kind of think Plant will try to knock him out. It does seem like there's some sort of I'm not really sure where it, it stems from. It does seem like there's some sort of vitriol between Plant and Durrell. It's it's pretty random. That's, they do seem to genuinely just not really like each other. That's really odd. Nah. Yeah, I'm not really sure like where they would have interacted for this to. It to happen that way, they might, they might just be like manufacturing it for the fight, but I don't know. It's, I feel like it's been going on for a while, so they might just not really fuck with each other. Maybe Darrell was going after uh, Hardy. Packs, rats, shit, the dog, bro. It's <laughs> weird. So it seems like Caleb Plant seems to have <laughs> beef with everybody in his neighborhood. Yeah, it seems like Plant is just not an easy guy to get along with. Yeah, that's what I was getting at, is that, is it that... <laughs> I think he's a guy that just has a massive chip on his shoulder all the time. Right. Yeah, Caleb Plant is just, he just gives everybody the mad dog, and 
nobody likes it. Yeah, I mean, literally nobody fucks with Caleb Plant. Like, name one, like, well, I mean, he kind of gets on with guys like Spence or somebody like that or like the Charlos, but generally speaking, like, if you're if you're in his weight class, <laughs> like, there'll just be some some issue. Like, him and David are pretty funny. Like, they'll just, like, DM each other, like, nobody worry him, and they'll just, like, talk shit. He's like, dude, you're both grown men, like, families. Like, what do we do? Yeah, yeah. Plant just had a just had a baby girl, so congratulations to the Plant family. Um, same day in Australia, Haney Cambosos two. Jesus Christ, this has actually happened. Yeah, that was gonna ask you for your take, but uh, put you to sleep with that. Nobody cares. It sucks. I mean, this just shows you the value of a rematch. Goal. So much value. Like this dude's gonna get another couple million, and <laughs> he does not deserve by any measure. What do you think about his comments, Cambosis? What did he say? I think he said a lot of weird shit. Like, the one was that, like, the rematch clause, like, removed, like, it, you know, it made him feel the safe. Your die mentality? Yeah. Oh. He also said he had to retire and actually, which, like, wouldn't surprise yeah. He's clearly made yeah. more money in the last year or two than he ever expected he would make for boxing, so. He might actually retire. I really don't know. Art of War? Is that what this is? <laughs> Something like that. It's just, uh, at least it's cool. Like, he beat him in June, rematch in October. Yeah, at least it's quick, yeah. Because, like, get out of the way, this is like, where you know. boxing needs to get re- rid of the rematch causes where it's not a close fight. Like, if it's a close fight, I understand, but it's just a pointless rematch. Yeah. The same shit's going to happen. If you get handed a donut, like, you need to go home and think about this, not get a rematch. So, yeah, nobody wants to really see that, but we're going to see it anyway. Lomachenko is penciled in for... October 29th, so that's kind of fun. Lomachenko coming back. Jermaine Ortiz. I don't know who that is. Is he? He's the guy who retired yeah, he Herring. Ah, uh, he retired Herring, which uh, yeah. I am obligated to say that's a fucking robbery. You don't retire Herring. Herring chooses was to close. walk away. I think it was close. I didn't really watch it. Really. I think people talk about it kind of close. <laughs> the Aloma um, will this guy honestly it's just it's kind of lame that he's taking like three tune-ups in a row like a Nakatani Comey Ortiz like I understand like with the Ukraine situation if the layoff is going to tune up but it's kind of lame like why why were there two tune-ups after TFM what the fuck test that shoulder out I guess I suppose yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking was <laughs> Nakatani so bad but it was like alright let's tell him this is how he fights Comey right? like who, who wanted to see that that shit sucks the way he clowned on Comey you'd think like you, he seems okay his his shoulder's fine. Maybe sure, maybe uh, they're gonna have fucking Loma knock out Ortiz in like two rounds. Quick turnaround, T female Loma two in December. Oh, I thought but you were gonna say they bring back Jamel Herring. <laughs> Jamel Herring versus T female Lopez. Or Jamel Herring versus yeah. Lomachenko. Fucking yeah. Single point. Yeah, I had the Ukrainian army versus the U.S. Marine Corps. That's how they marketed. Yeah, I'll I'll be right there. Does the Ukraine have a version of the what is it the Armed Forces Network? Uh, you look into that. Didn't Ushik just give the pay per view for free to Ukraine? Yeah, I think it was yeah. Ukraine. I think it's usually free in like places like that. It's just like a cheap license people get. Yeah, because like you're not gonna if you put it pay per view, you're not gonna make a lot. So. Buys. Like nobody's gonna buy that shit. Yeah, just get some advertisements and there you go. Which that uh, just shows how fucking stupid we are. Because we got to pay for it. But if you live in fucking Romania, nobody pays for it. Everybody gets it for free. So what the fuck? Hell, even in Mexico, they get all the pay-per-views we get over here yeah, for free. Philippi- we really fun boxing for, like, the whole world. Like, honestly. Philippines does, too. 
All right, last thing. This came out the last time we tried to get together where uh, <clears throat> somebody, I don't know who it was, but somebody uh, borked the audio. We had uh, the Janibek andre purse bid was on a deadline. But obviously that deadline has passed. Now, I don't know anyone who hates Andre more than RG does. <laughs> what was the outcome of this purse bid situation? He vacated, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> what a piece of shit! <laughs> I think Janibek just got elevated. <laughs> what a fucking pussy! Yeah, pretty bad. I'm not um, really sure. It's still unclear to me who's going to pay for it. I think it's Warren. I think Warren is, is parked like, you know. So I guess he'll put up a couple million. And dude, I hope they just rob him. <laughs> like, I don't think it's bad enough to actually lose, but I hope he makes it close enough that they can just rob him. That'll be that. Seriously, so is there any Dimitri's fans out there? Like, does, does he even have any fans? Boy, my boy, uh, LZ. Yeah, LZ. I, I, I think it's a, I think it's a gimmick. I really do. Dude, it's literally not. He has one of the greatest tweets of all time where it's like it was a picture of Canelo during Shakur Valdez where he just looks like super fucking mad. And it was like <laughs> LZ on Twitter like captioned it like, damn, this is what would have happened if I fought on Trapping. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh my god. You you too good at this game. Yeah. You definitely lose this with your whole chest. This is this is factual to you. I think he's the closest guy to uh, Mar uh, Marta Rosen, who's ruined their career single-handedly by himself. Like, yeah, he's, he's still know. made like a few million. Like, yeah, he's managed it well. I'm sure he's fine, but yeah, he could have just made so much more. Like, he was in Luka yeah. with like good face. He just never made me. Yeah, he hasn't gotten robbed by Don King yet, like Juanes did. But it's close. Uh, Dude's cost himself a bag so many times. Yeah, yeah, he's put him. Put himself out of a lot of money for really no reason. I was gonna say Android is like the number one beneficiary of like the disowned situation. Like he hasn't got the most money, but like literally in no other time other than disown coming in with like stupid paychecks, would he have ever been making million dollar guarantees? Ever. That is like impossible. But then he, he fucking disown comes around and gets one point five million fighters. Like that is insane for his level of I mean, ability and like marketability, like that's just crazy. Yeah, I still give that to Danny Jacobs. Wasn't he getting like 15 million post Canelo? Yeah, Jacobs did like milk the shit out of him. So did Golovkin, to be fair. Like yeah. Golovkin, he would, he would be getting at least a million, but he, his guarantee's like six or seven million. Like he, he's a nice guarantee. Golovkin, I think, was double digits. I think he got renegotiated after oh, COVID. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, but before before it was like a. I think it was like 15 million or yeah, something crazy. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. That was one thing that uh, we were talking about in the chat was, has Andre ever fought a world champion? Or even no. a former champion? And the answer is no, he hasn't. Uh, he's only no fought more. for world, for vacant titles. The only, I, and If you count the WBA regular, which you fucking shouldn't, but if you do, he fought Jack Colquet, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, he's just he's just a boring fighter. Like, there's no like a boring a boring fighter to me is like he just has no fights that you actually like want to go back and watch. Like, there's no Andrade fight. Uh, maybe you can the Alante the Fox the Fox fight. Maybe we'll rewatch the knockdown. Yeah, Alante Fox or something. Yeah. Like, he's been dropping times. Marta Rosen dropped him. Martyr, yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's been dropping, 
He's been dropped a couple times. Oh, that's right. Uh, Martyrosian was IBO champion, if that counts. Because <laughs> uh, it doesn't. One of the greatest Armenians the last 15 years. Honest Martyrosian. Oh, shit. I think we're... Yeah, we're all wrapped up here. Uh, just that uh, showcase card. But uh, got to give props to the B-sides that are on the, the headline. I know what it's like, dog. You're going to re- represent your real world tonight. Yeah. It's like all B-side card. It's like two B-sides in the main event and then like 10 squash matches. Truly, truly the top ranked fucking formula right there. Shout out to the sniper. Hope he pulls it up. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll be fine. I'm not that concerned for him. Um... Not Ghana, Richard Comey has a little bit more to worry about. Yeah, that's bullshit. Like, that Ghana situation. Like, he has to give part of his purse to, like, the Ghana Boxing Fund or some shit. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, the, devel- the development <laughs> fund. Yeah, like, that's nonsense. Like, no, like, don't, just don't bother bringing the flag. He did, anyway. Like, he's just like, what are you going to do? Come and take it? Right. Yeah, you're, you should be fucking grateful that he's putting Ghana on the map here. Yeah, like, it's just nonsense. Like... You have to depend. Uh, well, this poor fucking guy has to pay his bill. He has to pay for the fucking boxing infrastructure of Ghana. That makes no sense. Uh, I actually missed that story. What, what's that about? He wasn't uh, paying his his uh, his fees or whatever to the Ghana Boxing Association, the Boxing Development Fund. That I'm assuming is to pay for like amateurs to go to tournaments and stuff. It's like something. if you're like a registered boxer in Ghana or some shit, I guess you have to pay that. And he like was like fuck that shit. So. They, they can't really do anything. I think he, like, I don't know if he lives in America now. I'm not really sure, but it's not like they can really punish him. So they're like, just don't bother bringing the flag. It's <laughs> like, all right, like, it's pretty childish. Okay, well, I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, I guess we can bring it up. If we're not going to do an episode until before, we could bring up Ruiz Ortiz. That's next weekend. Yeah, I don't think we'll be reconvening before then. Yeah, Ruiz Ortiz. It's actually a pretty good card. Or I, I, I look forward to it. I usually mix the fucking undercards up. Uh, let's see. I know Cruz is on there. Valenzuela is on there. Jose Valenzuela versus Jezreel Corrales. Joe, Joey Spencer versus uh, Kevin Zambrano. Salgado. I don't know who that is. Abner Mares. Why? <laughs> and Andy Ruiz. Isaac Cruz and Ramirez. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Cruz and uh, Valenzuela. Those will, be, those will be fun. Mares, that'll be sad and cringe. So I guess there's some entertainment factor there. But yeah, a man's like, quest to go blind. Yeah, it's just it's just bizarre. Like you just wish, you just wish the uh, the commissions or whoever were were better. If it was New York, you probably wouldn't get approved. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. But California's pretty strict too, which is kind of surprising. Is the card is that card in California? Is yeah. It in LA? Yeah. Yeah, Staples Center. <laughs> Tripped, bro. Um, so this is on September 4th. He hasn't fought since 2018. It's on a Sunday, too. Yeah, that's a Sunday card. It's a pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, Morris hasn't fought since 2018. Yeah, yeah, June 9th, when he got beat by Santa Cruz a second time. Shit. It's absolutely wild they wanted to fight Javante Davis. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, what? Like, who at PBC? Like, that is just heartless, bro. Like, what, what's the reason? Hey, they're throwing Yuri Orcas Gamboa against fucking like Isaac Cruz and Tank. They're heartless, yeah, I man. I don't give a damn about Yuri Orcas. I think it's just a Showtime commentator thing where like the guy that used to box still wants to box because Paul used to do that. He was still trying to box. Yeah, he got his ass kicked while he was commentating on a Sky card 
and then he got his ass beat by Sam Eggington, went back and changed, and then got to the commentator desk. <laughs> and they had to act like he didn't just get his ass beat. Yeah, now it's passed down to Mars. He, he still has a delusion that he could box. Andy Ruiz versus Ortiz. Is this like one of those uh, loser leaves town kind of thing? Um, If it's Ortiz, for sure. If Ortiz loses, he's done? Yeah, Ruiz can probably bounce back. Like, I mean, that would be a major, major setback. Like, I don't know if he could ever reach, like, world level sort of thing again. But he would be back. But, yeah, Ortiz, I think it's, it's getting mighty close to the end. But he's, like, a young and spry, like, 37. So I'm not sure what we're worried about here. Yeah, I think even, even like, his official age at this point is getting pretty fucking old. It's, like, 42. It's yeah, like, damn. Yeah, he's officially 42, which we we know how the, how the Cubans go when they defect. So, yeah, this guy's probably, like, pushing 50. Yeah, you have to think Andy's gonna win this one. To be honest, Ruiz is basically getting like his hand held to a wilder fight, so it's his fight to lose, basically. Yeah, it's like perfect, perfect timing to fight Ortiz for sure. Like it builds well onto the wilder story, though. and he just he just looks ready to be to be taken out. Yeah, Ruiz is also like from what I can see in the limited training videos that I've been watching. He seems to be doing pretty well. Like, he's in better shape than he was for Joshua 2, at the very least. Well, it looks like we're all on the Andy Ruiz train for this one. Get your Snickers out. It wouldn't, like, totally shock me if we're to use one, though. Like, yeah, know, he's still got heavy hands. If Ortiz was, like, any younger, like, if this was 2019 or something, 2018, I would 100% take Ortiz. 100%. Yeah, I think it's closer than what it kind of seems on paper, but... I still think Ruiz is going to pull it out. Ortiz is kind of like a slightly live dog, though. So. A nice 55-year-old dog. Is uh, Isaac Cruz, is this uh, Eduardo Ramirez, is he any? Is he worth anything? Yeah, I think he's like pretty good, right? If I'm thinking of the same guy. 27, 2, and 3. Yeah, I think he's like solid. I think he's known as kind of like a puncher. I think that's, that looks like a fun fight. Uh, 27 wins, 12 KOs. I think he so, lost to Lee Selby. I think it might be the other uh, Ramirez I'm thinking about. He lost to Lee Selby in 2017. Is he, who, did he knock somebody out that's, like, notable? Miguel Flores, maybe? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. I'm not but sure who the hell. Bartholomew's brother? <laughs> I do remember that, yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Then he's, like, slumping. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I just saw it on an undercard. In my mind, I was like, damn, this guy's a puncher. That might not be uh, reflective of reality. No, maybe yeah, Cruz not. Yeah, Cruz would probably beat the hell out of him. Yeah, just another uh, pit bull demonstration. Oh, it's funny that we're telling me if I was actually a rematch. I didn't realize they had fought before. And, Orrod, you were big on Valenzuela. You mentioned him before. Yeah, I really like him. Like, I'm seeing his progress, and he's looking, like, good or great in the last couple of fights he's had. And I feel like Corrales is a... Decent step up, like Corrales hasn't really been a player at what is this 130, 135 yeah. in a while. But or no, it's 135. Still, 35. Yeah, it's still a good test either way. Yeah, Corrales is very far removed from his better years. Yeah, I think Corrales, I think he's moving up. He fought Colbert not super long, not a year or two ago. Corrales had a WBA, didn't he? It looks like it was the interim that got taken from by Colbert. He, when he lost to uh, Machado, he had, it was for like the WBA Super. Yeah, the one. Like a vacant, I think. Yeah. Title vacant after Corrales missed weight. Ah, Robinson Castellanos. How fun. I saw him knock out Gamboa on a Friday night. 
That was fun. Yeah, that's, that's an all time. Oh yeah, he beat Uchiyama. Oh, fucking blast from the past. I remember where he was hyped up by the Ring magazine and all those people. So yeah, it should be a good test for Jose. I think he'll hopefully get the knockout. Last time out, he kind of just that's a place. got the job done with Francisco. Los Mochis Sinaloa. So there, uh, random story. There is a food truck that parks nearby that is called Hot Dogs Los Mochis. I thought that was just a name that they picked out, but no, that's a fucking place. Oh yeah, Los Mochis, never heard of it? No, I had never heard of it. Pretty big uh, cartel cartel location. Running those hot dogs, apparently. I think uh, Chavez Jr. might be from there. I might be mistaken, but... Or who, who was it from there? There's some pretty like noticeable, uh, notable boxers from there. But nonetheless, yeah, it's a pretty notorious place. Well, now that we've covered this one, I think we are done done. Oh, yeah, the YouTuber card. Who the fuck cares? There we go. Yeah. It. I, I draw the line in KSI. That's just not... I just can't do it. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, sure you know, I'm sure he's funny or whatever, but... Jake Paul's kind of, you know, that that's kind of a funny gimmick to me. I can I can put up with that, but anymore, I just I can't. Right, like the Jake Paul thing, I, like I enjoy playing it up, hamming it up, but I don't really actually care. Yeah. It seems inevitable, though, that KSI and Jake Paul will fight. Like, it seems like that will 100% happen for the next like, year or two. Yeah, it just seems like a poor man's version of Jake Paul over there. Yeah, basically. I mean, he doesn't seem like very good. <laughs> he is a big dude. For sure. I still don't know if he's good. I think the only fight I saw was the one with the headgear with uh, Logan. He fought him, right? That was uh... yeah. That was one of the yeah. first YouTuber cards, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. They fought twice, right? First yeah. time was like a draw. Yeah, I think the first time was like the first big one. Like that one was like it was when it was on Design, like Eddie was putting it on and shit. Um, I don't know who these guys are, but one of them's getting his ass kicked. Fauci. Dr. Fauci. <laughs> okay, um, you guys want to stick around for the plugs, or what are you what, what are you thinking? Ah, uh, yeah, I'm fine. I can stick around. All right, cool. Because I only got two. Even though it's fallen out of the news, it's fallen out of fashion. It's not a hot topic anymore. These issues are still important. If you go to our page, beacons.ai/lvxboxing, the top two buttons are to donate to Ukraine and to Afghanistan. Specifically, these NGOs, the non-government organizations, are trying to help orphan children get out of these war zones and get hooked up with a good foster family. Things like food, clothes, shelter, uh, unfortunately security, because disgusting people are trying to take advantage of the situation, like the hectic chaos, and abduct kids for trafficking purposes. So you have to pay for a little bit of security too. But these two organizations are geared to help to help fix that situation. So if you could, if there's anything you can give, please do. Again, beacons.ai slash LVXboxing and it's the top two links. Alright. There's other stuff there too. Fun stuff, I guess. Uh, that was a very somber note to end on, I guess. Cancel your design subs, give all the money to Ukraine. Yeah, fuck the zone, dude. We just, you know, you just save like twenty bucks if you're in America. You know, it's a, it's a win-win. Children of the future, man. Facts. You need to protect them. The zone's owned by the Russians. That's all I know. 
Well, you can find us wherever the fuck you get your podcasts at, except Pandora, apparently, because they can't work through their queue. We've been sitting in the fucking review queue for like three months. Pandora's for boomers either way at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Makes perfect sense that I like it then. (laughs) Noir paying them off. Yeah, we've got, we got through everywhere else fine. Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, and a bunch of other shit that most people haven't heard of. At least I haven't. But then again, I'm old as fuck, so what are you going to do? All right, that's going to do it for us. Any parting notes? Any any farewells? I think we, think we covered it. Got it pretty good. Yeah, good show. Good show. All Should right. be a fun night tonight. We'll see how the pay-per-view goes next week, and we'll get back probably before the Canelo Triple G. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I'll, I'll find out if I'm going to do it good as well. Thanks again for joining us, and thanks again for your patience as we had a little hiatus there. Um, don't forget that link, beacons.ai slash lvxboxing. That link has every way to get in touch with us. Uh, you could reach us through uh, Discord, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, there's also like the old school methods too. Um, if you heard something that we were talking about that you just really disagree with, I want you to call 833-772-6964 and uh, leave a message there. And if it's spicy enough, we'll put it on the show. Catch you next time.